0: Welcome to the My Opinion Podcast, the leadership podcast for women. This is a show that focuses on leadership, life, and love to empower women around the world to be the leader of their life. The My Opinion Podcast is a weekly show with Maya's Motivation Monday, focusing on leadership topics for women that feature guest interviews, as well as solo episodes with Maya. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the My Opinion podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now, in Her Opinion, here's your host, Maya Roffler.
1: Hi, guys. Welcome back to My Opinion. Today, we have a great guest on the show. Her name is Amy Lynn Durham. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. And Amy is the founder of Create Magic at Work, and we're going to be talking about a lot of interesting things today. But one thing I want to start talking about right away, Amy, is, well, a lot of things actually, but (laughs) SQ is something that you talk about a lot in your programming. You have a new intake that you're going to talk about as well but its actual like spiritual intelligence and incorporating this into work and i think this is so interesting so tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now and and where people can get involved in this i want to jump right into that
2: okay so spiritual intelligence i'll give you kind of the overview of it so there's a better understanding for yes. it one of the definitions is from Cindy Wigglesworth she's a former hr executive for Exxon who developed this entire skill system. And her definition is the ability to make wise and compassionate decisions and maintain inner and outer peace, regardless of the situation you're in. And so if you work on these 21 skills of SQ of spiritual intelligence, you will be skill building towards that achievement, if you will. And that's a pretty tall order to ask is for somebody to maintain inner and outer peace, And make wise and compassionate decisions, regardless of the situation they're in, even when you're under great stress, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's one. The other one is the ability to put your ego aside and operate from a place of higher motivation. Uh, That's Dana Zohar. She's a philosopher and a physicist. And what I love about SQ is that it's a faith neutral system, it's not religion. You can be agnostic, you can be atheist. As long as you believe there's a place within you that you can access that comes from wisdom and compassion and love, you can skill build in the 21 skills of SQ. And that's why they're great for the workplace. And that's why they're great for leaders to practice.
1: That's wonderful. And that definition is beautiful. And thanks for those two quotes as well, because I think it's important that people know that this is out there and people are talking about it. And this is a thing. And I think it's great that you're defining it as like, you don't have to be Christian. You don't have to be Muslim. You don't have to be defined in this religious state. Because I think sometimes when we hear spiritual, we kind of go, oh, that doesn't belong in this box of the workplace or in leadership. And I have always thought that it does. And so I'm so intrigued by this topic. So that's a great definition. But yeah, tell us a little bit about how people can learn about this because wow, 21. Wow. That's a lot. That's intimidating to hear this. So how can people get started on this journey?
2: Yeah. So I offer an assessment that you can take and it sort of gives you a blueprint of where you sit as far as the level you're at zero to five on each of the 21 skills. And then after that, we, after you take the assessment, we meet for a debrief and we go over whatever skill resonates with you or whatever skills you want to talk about. And the beauty of it is, You might see a skill and say, I don't even care about this. I'm good in this area. I don't want to talk about it. Perfect. Let's move on to what's resonating with you. So just some examples, some leaders end up finding strengths that they didn't know they had. And that's amazing. I had a client that did the SQ21 assessment and she came back level five at being a wise and effective change agent. Wow. Did you know this? Did you know that you are coming from a space where you're scoring very high at being a wise and effective change agent for the workplace? Did you know you're showing that you can have abilities to create win-win solutions with people? Did you know that you're exhibiting abilities to where you don't just go for the quick fix, that you go for you wait and you uncover the root problem to have real systemic change in the workplace. Wow, that's amazing. So you get enlightened in that way. And then you can pursue that as a leader. Hey, this is one of my strengths. I'm going to go after this. We see that a lot on LinkedIn. I'm a change agent.
1: You know, people put yeah.
2: that in their, in their title.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I love that. I'm curious as to what does that mean to that person that puts that, that title there? have they done the work? And would they
1: really rank that on your assessment? That would be interesting. Right.
2: Exactly. And it's, yeah, exactly. So that's one of the skills. There's many, many more. There's four quadrants in the 21 skills. The first two are sort of the inner work that you would do as a leader. So example for the listeners, you quadrant one, have you ranked your values? Are you aware of what your personal values are and have you stack ranked them? And the cool thing about SQ is it's all about accessing your higher self and your inner wisdom and learning how to do that, learning how to put your ego aside and operating from what I call your higher self. Or if you're religious, God, universe, the divine, whatever it is that you can access that wisdom, love, and compassion and make those decisions. And it's really beautiful because it doesn't tell you what to do, but it offers you space to figure out what's best for you. And so it's, do you know what your life purpose is? That's the part in SQ where you've kind of worked on EQ, right? You're self-aware of your emotions. You've got some emotional management strategies. You can build connections in the workplace, but now what? Have you gotten to that point where you're like, why am I here? What am I doing in this job? Am I leaving an impact? What do I really want to do in my life? That's like quadrant one and quadrant two that you work through. That's like the deep inner work. And then quadrant three and quadrant four is like, ah, other people are starting to notice that I'm a wise and effective change agent. I can make wise and compassionate decisions. I'm a calm and healing presence. Those are some of the other skills. So
1: that's amazing. Yeah. And I love what you're bringing up too, because we've talked about it a lot on the, my opinion podcast, we've talked about values. We've talked about purpose mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because it's like quadrant one and two is a little bit about you. And then three and four is like, how is it, you know, reflecting with everyone else, but also like, what's it all about? (laughs) You know, what am I doing? You know, do I, is this my purpose? And I think it is all tied together and it is all married together. And I think we all do get to a point in our career, whether we're working for ourselves or another company or another person or whatever it is. Where we really do want to feel like we are fulfilling our life's purpose and we want to feel like we're good at what we're doing and we're really leaning into our strengths and we understand our strengths and this is such an interesting tool and unique way of looking at it because I have talked about emotional intelligence on solo casts on interviews many many times but there is this piece of the puzzle that's missing and it I didn't even know what it was called and I've talked about it and it's spiritual intelligence and you're going so much deeper so i find that really really interesting and i think sometimes again when people hear you know spiritual they think it's a little woo woo and it's it's really not it's really being in tune with yourself and looking at what you want for yourself that's how i view it and what i'm hearing from you
2: it is and in addition to that it's bringing that awareness to what we might say is the is the intangible That's why I love the 21 skills, because when I left my corporate executive job, I sort of was like, what am I going to do here? I knew I needed to leave. I knew that my creativity was stifled. I was spiritual, Amy at home, corporate executive, Amy at work. How do I merge these two and try to show up as my authentic self in any space? I left my job, wrote my book found the UC Berkeley Executive Coaching Institute. And that really helped bring everything together. And then I was, I wrote my book's called Create Magic at Work. And it has all these field tested activities that leaders can use to connect each other and see the humanity in each other. That's EQ and SQ skill building, if you want to get down to it, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And then I discovered the 21 skills. And I've been passionate about them ever since because for the workplace, for leaders, it's something tangible that you can reference and work on, which is great. You don't have to go meditate for 30 minutes and say you had some existential experience. No, you can work on being a wise and effective change agent. You can work on ego awareness versus your higher self. And how do I put my ego to the side and operate from a different place? You can skill build in that. And it's really a really great framework to do that with. So,
1: yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I think as leaders too, we, and, and just corporate professionals, we really want something tangible, right? Like when we're told to go, you know, just go within and go meditate and it will come to you. That is like, we don't comprehend that, right? Because to your point, you know, you're in the corporate grind, you know, you're there, you're like, wait, what? It's not a workshop. It's not a class. It's not something I read. It's not something I learn. It's not something I'm told. So having something tangible to do this is incredible. I want to go back to when you left your corporate job though, and you were Mm -hmm. spiritual Amy at home. I love how you said (laughs) that. And, and you were corporate Amy, you know, grinding at work. And I think a lot of, you know, all of us, I have some men that listen to the show too, but you know, it's a women's show for leadership. Mm -hmm. I think women really go through this. I think this is a struggle that happens where we feel very disconnected in our work life, in our home life. And we want the two to be married and we want that to come together. So I find that very inspiring that you wanted to marry the two together and find a way to do that. What was the moment for you where you were like, this is enough. Was there like a defining moment where you're like, okay, I've got to make a change.
2: I don't think there was a defining moment. It was over a period of time where I had traveled so much that I knew I didn't want to do this for the rest of my life. And I actually planned on leaving my job for a year. And I, I, I wrote about it on some of my social media. It's called like three steps to leaving your job. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, my main concern was how am I going to leave my employees? What do I want them to feel? And I wanted to leave on top because I didn't want anyone, you know, the competitive corporate in me, I didn't want anyone to say, oh, she left because she couldn't hack it. So I really wanted to accomplish proving that connecting people in an authentic way in the workplace is a win-win. It improves productivity. It improves profitability. And every day I woke up and I was just like, okay, how can I help? How can I help my boss have a better day? How can I help my employees have a better day? And what, can, what do I want to accomplish in this final year to where I still feel like I have a balanced personal life and I don't feel completely depleted. And I did all these skill building activities that I ended up putting in my book when I left. And I have to tell you, the spiritual part was a big part for me. It was that feeling within that this wasn't enough. I needed to figure it out. And I had wrote this list and I went to a store from my office the next to my office. And there was a magnet hanging that said leap and the net will appear. And I was like, Oh my gosh. It's so I still have, Yeah. <laughs> I bought it, you know, synchronicities, all those things. So I bought it and I still have it on my refrigerator to this day. And yeah, it was just, and when I left, I was like, okay, I'm going to sleep in my bed the same for 30 nights in a row. My same, my, my house, my bed. Cause I, I had traveled so much and what I wanted to do was re-inject myself back into the workplace with these skills that you mentioned that like you talk about your listener that feels like they're compartmentalizing themselves from work and home you know that's not their fault I don't think that's because we work in systems that have shut people down from being able to show up as their authentic selves because we have worked in systems for years that were created by men for men and so agreed, could not agree with you. Yeah. more. And so really what's, what's happening, I see a lot of change. Like the talk about EQ, great. Now we're talking about SQ, phenomenal. Men are going to need to get on board with this because yes. they have been raised to just look at data and numbers to succeed. And that is not how business is going to work in the future. That is not what creates innovation and inspiration. Those things can be replaced by a computer. Yep. And so this is, you know, we talk about the great resignation in the news right now is all over the place. Employees are leaving their jobs at record numbers. How are you going to set yourself apart as a leader for someone to work for you? It's going to be this stuff. I would rather work for someone that's skill building and EQ and SQ than someone that isn't.
1: Yes. So I agree with you too. So I often say the future is female. And when I'm on interviews, sometimes I get a little bit of a look, (laughs) like, what does that mean for men? Are you saying men don't have a place? They do. I'm saying that we have these skills, and I think women have been so ahead of the curve, and we haven't had a place at the table. And now we do. And we're the ones talking about emotional intelligence, and now spiritual intelligence, and we're able to do these things. And so men have led in a very different way, and women lead in a very different way. And so embracing this super important.
2: And I think what that is speaking to is there has not been room for divine feminine energy in the workplace. It's always been masculine energy, possibly toxic at times, masculine energy. And now this is actually a great compliment because it's giving men permission to work on these skills as well. I literally wrote my book for like the golf playing beer drinking guy that I worked with that was had a super good heart, but just didn't really know where to start. Mm-hmm. And he would do these activities with his all male team and they would be in tears and they were so connected. And so projects and, and productivity would go up and there was a trust level there. And then the the people on his team would reach out to each other for help, freeing him up to do his job as a leader. So it's a win win, right? Being a change that's back to being a change agent. It's a win win. All of a sudden, men are given permission to feel and to access places within themselves that they haven't before, rather than just operating from that masculine energy it's bringing the yin to the yang.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you completely. I love, thank you for sharing that story. That is so awesome because it, we need that. And we need more of that, especially in very male dominant environments. And I think, you know, I started out, I, I did a whole podcast episode on this, Amy, about the masculine and feminine and how we actually have, all of us have traits of both, but I find that men really struggle embracing the feminine. And I used my husband as an example of, you know, he tends to embrace it. He's a chef. So he tends to embrace it a little bit more with his seasoned artists, you know, so he'll Mm -hmm. embrace it. But even in his environment and other, you know, men that have these, you know, have the feminine, we all have masculine and feminine traits and what we've defined this as, right. And I find even at, at his work or even, you know, my male friends or male colleagues, like I know they have these traits whether it's the empathy that they're great at or compassion or whatever as we define as feminine but I notice them holding back and not really opening and connecting in that way. So I think this is so important and I love that you've created this for the beer drinking I love how you said you said the beer drinking golf <laughs> playing because we can be both you know we can have both we can embrace all of it and it's a positive thing and it's about connection and I agree with you I want to work with, And I want to work for someone when I was working for someone that has these skills. And those were, when I reflect back, those were the best leaders. And I didn't even know these terms back then, but they had emotional intelligence, but they had spiritual intelligence too. And I didn't even know what that was at the time, but you, you know, it though, you know it.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to know it's out there to operate from that space, right? You just have worked on that as a leader. And you can continue to access that, that place of wisdom from within. You notice when you're triggered, notice when your egos is arising. If you're a really high level leader, these skills are so important. The other thing that I'm very into right now is servant leadership, because that, that's a, a buzz phrase that's kicked around. I've been in all of these corporate meetings in the past where all of these words are kicked around. And frankly, not many really know what they mean. <laughs> they just say what they yes. need to
1: say. <laughs> yes, mean? yes, yes. If I hear servant leadership one more time, and I, I, will, I don't know about you, Amy, but I challenge them on it. I'm like, what does that really mean? That's cool. Yeah, right? what does that mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, or they know the definition, but they're, I think, coming to your point, they're not actually showing it or embodying it, right? And actually being a servant leader.
2: Yeah, I have so many thoughts on that. and. That ties to company values and what do you have on the wall? And are you living up to what's actually written on the wall? All of those things. Servant leadership to me is because I have a podcast and I ask every guest, what does servant leadership mean to you? Because I see it all the time. I did a search on LinkedIn, it came up 55,000 times.
1: Oh my God.
2: Right. Like, yeah. And so I ask, what is, you know, exactly what you just said? What does servant leadership mean to you? And I often get the response, of, you know, I'm here for my employees. I'm here for my coworkers. I'm customer service for my staff. I'm here for my shareholders. And what I would like to see moving forward as we bring SQ into the consciousness of the workplace is I'm also here for my to understand the impact that my decisions make and the ripple effect that they have on the community, on the planet, and on humanity itself. And taking it that step further, right? And that's a skill in SQ, just to tie it for everyone listening, that's your breadth of time perception. That's skill eight. Can you live with the paradox of knowing that your life is profoundly important, yet also a tiny piece of the history of the universe? And can you make leadership decisions based on that?
1: And that's huge. And that is really huge. And you're right, a lot of people will answer exactly the way you said in the beginning. <laughs> They'll say, "Well, I'm here for my employees, and it's so much more than that servant leadership. you know, and i I think it's a little bit better when you know people answer, you know, well, I'm here to serve my employees. It's kind of in the term, you know, I'm here to serve, you know, I work for them, you know, they don't work for me, all of that kind of stuff, but they're kind of scratching the surface. You just literally dropped the mic. Like that is what it is. It's because it's true. It's so much deeper. It's, you're not just serving the people you work for or with, or that work with you or work for you, or that whole, it goes further out and stretches further out. So the way you define that is really, really beautiful.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, we could go on and on, but then that's where it takes leaders into this quantum leadership space. Where you start having this understanding of psychological safety, I know that's talked about a lot in the workplace and that mistakes and chaos can actually breed innovation and inspiration and you start leading from this space that one plus one doesn't equal two you don't go from A to B to get to C you might go a z w, and then it gets you over to D <laughs> just getting mm-hmm. out there with you, you know and it's the coolest thing because it frees you up from the these systems that we've been cause and effect systems that we've been working in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Amy, I could talk to you about this stuff forever because you're speaking my language. I'm like, oh my God, I've talked about that on my podcast. I've talked about this on my podcast. So everyone's going to love listening to you. This is great. But I want to get to all this amazing stuff that you've done. You've already talked a little bit about it, but let's talk about it. Create Magic at Work, your book, and all these other wonderful things. You have a, a workbook too. Let's talk about it.
2: Yeah. Okay. So Create Magic at Work is a little tiny book you can have as a leader and you can just crack it open and it's filled with activities you can do with your team or your coworkers or employees that'll skill build and EQ and SQ and they're fun. So SQ, we talked about that's the deep inner work, right? But I wanted to add a little fun and light and I actually wanted to bring childlike play back to the workplace. So I purposely, I wanted to inject all this magic energy into it so I had a children's editor edit the book from Scholastic. I had, <laughs> I had Chad Beckerman. He's the designer for the Diary of a Wimpy Kid books. He designed the book.
1: I love that. I didn't know that. Yeah.
2: It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm friends with a magical mermaid artist. She's very magical and healing. And I had her uh, do all the art in the book. So hopefully it'll help you access that inner child that breeds creativity and inspiration and innovation for the workplace. So that's the book. And then I, over lockdown, (laughs) I authored a journal prompt card deck because I was getting so irritated with the, how inundated I was with leadership advice and what we needed to do for self-care and to take care of ourselves. And I was bombarded. I'm a lifelong learner. I'm always jumping into different courses. I was completely overwhelmed. And what happened was I lost my ability to access my own inner wisdom and I had to gain it back because I was just, I got into this phase during lockdown, during the pandemic where I was just doing what experts were telling me. Yeah. And I lost what's right for Amy. And so I authored this journal prompt card deck for everyone for their work and for their career. It's a deck of 33 cards. Each card has a theme for the workplace And it has an affirmation and two questions you can journal about. So you can access your own inner wisdom and what's right for you. And then I turned this journal prompt card deck into an actual journal book that you can write in. I love it. So do you want me to pick
1: a card for the listeners? Let's do one today. Yes, let's pick a card. And then so you're going to read it. And then there'll be two questions for them to do and work on. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Awesome. So no matter when you're listening to this, this message is meant for you. It's meant for you, Maya, as well. And for me, even if this is months down the road, this message is meant for you. I love this. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay. So we got reward and there's a, there's a bubble bath illustration on the bottom, a little magical bubble bath. Mm -hmm. And the affirmation is I take time to reward myself for the work that I accomplish. So repeat that to yourself as you're listening. I take time to reward myself for the work that I accomplished. Two questions to consider, what am I proud of that I've accomplished? Take some time today to write that down. What are you proud of that you've accomplished so far? We rarely pause to acknowledge the work we've done and the steps we've taken to get where we are today. And then the next challenge is to write four sentences, congratulating
1: yourself on a job well done. That's beautiful, Amy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. We exactly. are going to put that in the show notes too, just in case anyone, cause we do it on a blog as well. So just in case anyone's driving or I don't know, I listen to podcasts while I'm doing my laundry. So if you're anything like me or doing chores, <laughs> so, um, so if you guys need those questions again, but I love that I'm happy we got reward too. That's a good one. Me
2: too. I'm like, yes, we needed that because some, you know, we need to in that making wise and compassionate decisions, we need to make them for ourselves the most and exercise that radical self-forgiveness and really take a moment to acknowledge how far we've come. I'll give you a picture of the card too. So you can also over.
1: I would love that. Yeah, I would love that. That'd be perfect. And I'll include it in our social media and everything too. So everyone can see it and they can listen and, and see, that'll be perfect. So I think you kind of already left us with some amazing (laughs) advice, but I'm going to ask you, because I ask everyone that comes on, just like you ask about servant leadership, I ask every incredible woman that comes on, what is some advice that you would give our wonderful women and some of our guys that listen to about being a leader and really being the theme of the show is, of course, my opinion and your opinion but really being the leader of your life. So what are some last Mm. um, words of wisdom or thoughts and how to really step into being the leader of their life?
2: Well, I'm sure everyone's heard you don't have to have a title to be a leader if they've been listening to your show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I would just challenge you to be courageous and try some of these connecting activities if you haven't before. Try them with yourself, try them with your coworkers because this is what's gonna inject this eq and sq skill building into the workplace and really change the systems that we work in and not be afraid to do that i don't think you'll get fired for journaling you know on some workplace themes yeah. <laughs> and if you do you don't, you shouldn't be working at that place anyway <laughs> totally but and then i just want to go back and reiterate i think it's really important what i said about living in that paradox that your life is both profoundly important and also a tiny piece of the history of the universe. And remember that when you're leading and the impact that you make with your decisions, take it a step further from just serving your clients, your employees, your shareholders to what's the ripple effect that I'm leaving on humanity, the resources I'm using from the planet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: I love that. That's Wonderful advice. Thank you so much, Amy. So Amy, tell us where we can find you, find the book, find the journal, find the cards, everything. Tell us.
2: So everything's Create Magic at Work. So if you go to createmagicatwork.net, you'll find everything on the website. And I love connecting with everyone on LinkedIn. That's, That's my biggest platform. I often do a weekly workplace message for everyone. And I pull a theme for you just like I did for the listeners on the show. And you can find me under Amy Lynn Durham there. So create magic at work.net, LinkedIn under Amy Lynn Durham. And then my stuff's on Amazon as well. So
1: beautiful. I figured perfect. (laughs) Awesome. We'll put all that in the show notes. And of course, you'll be all over social media too. And that's awesome that you post that on LinkedIn and people can interact with you on a weekly basis because that was really fun to do that exercise. So awesome. Thank you so much, Amy, for joining the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. This has
2: been amazing. I hope we
1: sent magic to everyone listening. I hope so too. And thank you guys so much for listening to my opinion. We'll see you back here next week.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the my opinion podcast. You can catch up on past episodes on the my opinion podcast website at www.myopinionpodcast.com as well as read the my opinion blog and contact Maya directly with your questions. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at My Opinion Podcast and Maya Roffler. We'll see you back here next week.